Welcome to the Healthy Family Project by Produce for Kids, covering the hot topics in the world of health, food, and family with a dose of fun. Today we are talking about a truly ever-changing topic, body image. I'm really excited to talk to our friend Dr. Stephanie Smith, psychologist, mom, and author of drstephaniesmith.com about how we can promote a positive body image with our kids. So Dr. Stephanie has a wide range of expertise, and while the topic of body image does come up with her clients, it's important that we note that you should always check in with your family doctor or a specialist when it comes to these health-related issues. Today's conversation is going to be a mashup of, of advice from both Dr. Stephanie's role as a psychologist and also what has worked for her as a mom. Let's get started with today's topic. Welcome back, Dr. Stephanie. I'm excited to jump into today's topic. I'm all about promoting a positive body image with kids. This is an important and, of course, ever-changing topic as we raise healthy kids, but also, you know, for us as adults to keep in mind. I know getting older, you know, you because sometimes look in the mirror and you're like, wait a second, that's not what I look like. Um, so probably some good tips that we can, we can take um, as parents as well. So we're all bombarded with ads, these highly altered celebrity photos on social media, TV shows telling us, you know, what the perfect body is. I guess, um, you know, just the internet, anywhere, it's all coming at us in different directions. So um, I feel like it's just impossible to live up to these standards being set forth and flashing in front of us. So how can we as parents model positive body image for our kids? Uh, That's a great question and a big question. Um, I guess, first of all, I want to talk about just what you mentioned, the social media, traditional media, having all of these images and words um, telling us what we should be and shouldn't be. Um, I think one of the first steps is starting with that, actually, and working ourselves as the parents, but and also working with our kids on social media and media literacy. And what that means is understanding that what we're seeing online or in glossy magazines, those are doctored images. Those are photoshopped images. Those are not reality. Um, we can enjoy those images, enjoy the clothes and the makeup and the hair, even the body, but understanding that that's not the same thing that we see in the halls of our school or in the cubicles in our, our office. It, they're, they're totally separate things. Just like we sometimes joke about romantic comedy movies, those are really fun to watch. I love to watch them. I can watch them all day long. But I also have the recognition that's not reality. It's fun. It's fiction. It's it's just um, does not mirror real life. And in the same way, becoming literate about social media in particular, um, we understand and we help our kids understand that that's it's not reality. It's not the same thing. Um, some schools are actually teaching this. Um, my kids take a class called um, digital citizenship. Um, oh, and I think oh. a lot of schools are starting to do that, recognize that we need to teach our kids about 
how to absorb the information they're seeing online, how to interact with people online, how to deal with technology. Um, so I really think that's the one of the first big steps in helping our kids have a healthy body image. You know, that's that's really good tips. And I have to say, I I messed up a little bit <laughs> as us as we as parents often do. As an example, um, I kind of retraced my steps. There's these apps, you know, that help kind of remove the wrinkles on your face um, and, you know, just you can go in and whiten your teeth or do these fun things. And so um, some of my friends had shared this app with me and I had downloaded it to my phone and um, was using it here and there. And, and you know, one day I came upon my 12-year-old with a photo of herself and she was whitening her teeth and you know, bringing her waist in a little bit, which I was far beyond my capabilities. But I thought, oh, my goodness, I am setting the worst example ever for my child. And so I talked to her about it. And I told her, I said, I'm going to delete this. Because like, I learned something from this experience, like, I don't need to do that. Although I kind of miss it. I was like, I need to show her that I am comfortable with who I am in order for her to be comfortable with who she is. And so that was a huge learning experience for me to do in the digital realm, I guess, because we're on that topic. Well, and I don't know that that's a mistake so much as it's a great example of reality versus not reality. I mean, just like on Snapchat, people add little cat ears or whiskers or scary face. I mean, it's it it's just another example whether it's filters or photoshopping or whatever it's just it's not reality um and I think having that conversation of with ourselves and our kiddos like you know (laughs) whatever you know this this is a different realm this is a different realm it's not attainable my teeth are never going to be this way (laughs) you know I'm never going to grow cat ears Um, um you know so I think yeah don't beat yourself up. I think it, it just, it happens and talking through it is the most important thing. Yeah, that's what we did. We kind of used, I used it as a learning experience and I just, you know, said, see, this is what I mean when I tell you that the things that you're seeing aren't necessarily, you know, the real deal. This is exactly what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. So, well, it seems like girls and women seem to be hit the hardest when it comes to body image, but but boys deal with it too. Um, so I guess this could be a lengthy answer, but what general tips do you have when it comes to how parents should address body image with their kids? You know, that could be a book. Um, and then, and specifically, are there different tips for boys? Um, I think that's such a great question. And even just realizing that doesn't matter what gender or what orientation of any kind, we all have our insecurities and can all fall prey to body image struggles. I think um, you're right. I mean, even when I was in school, graduate school 15 years ago, there we never talked about men and boys having any kind of body image even being aware of body image, which of course is ridiculous. They do, just like women and girls. Um, you know, maybe there's different body parts that are highlighted or 
whatever, but um, they're humans, just like just like we are. And so I think, you know, just being careful, no matter who our kids are, who we are, um, to understand that everybody is sensitive to it or can be, you know, so being careful not to joke or poke fun um, too much or ever about people's bodies, um, even little kiddos, you know, I think is a good um, is a good first step. Um, again, boys, girls, or otherwise, you know, I think realizing that it can, can affect everybody. Yeah, I think, I think that's really a good answer on that front. I mean, just understanding that, because I do think that when you think body image, everybody automatically goes to girls and thinks about girls. And so I think that just recognizing that it, is across genders and to be cognizant of it and not make fun or, or think, you know, just to be, just to realize that it, it matters to everybody is I think what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay. So what about different body types? We, I have a friend with who has two boys and one who can't keep the weight on and the other who is very sensitive about his weight you know I can totally see the you know well he's eating everything I'm eating you know why does do they look this way and I look this way um so what advice do you have on that different body types in the family that is a question dear to my heart um I think a lot of families struggle with that you know I guess the first tip as as a mom and and psychologist would be it's okay to kind of hear that and sit with that. It does suck. Life is not fair that, you know, abilities are not even across the spectrum, whether it's um, body strength or brain ability or whatever. Um, And it's hard. It's hard to live with someone that you feel like has more than you do or is more able or capable. Um, So, like I say, I guess the first step is, you know, if your son or daughter comes to you and says, you know, it's not fair that she gets to eat whatever, he doesn't have to worry about this or that, like, it's okay to sit with that and say, yeah, I get it. That it's hard. It's really hard because it is. Um, I think our first instinct sometimes as parents is to be like, oh, it's okay. Or, you know, kind of tamp down that emotion, but it's okay to let let that emotion get expressed um, and and sit with it because I think if we as parents can show that we can sit with our kids emotions and and help contain them and feel them and not freak out that'll allow them to learn to do the same thing like oh I can feel this emotion and it's okay I'm gonna come through the other side um, So that's the first tip. The second tip, which is more kind of behavioral in nature and more as speaking as a mom, um, I recently took my two older girls to a women's collegiate basketball game, which we love to do. We live in a college town. And, but I was particularly struck um, when we were there recently about the different body types that I was seeing on the court. I mean, these were not 
body types that you see in the fashion magazines or blogs, these were tall, strong women who also happened to have skin and hair of all different colors and textures and sizes. And I felt, I, I, my children did not say, give me any feedback at all, but I felt like a good mom showing them, wow, look at all these wonderful bodies that are doing such great things. Um, and I reflected back to earlier in the fall, we'd gone to a cross country meet with the same university and those women had totally different types of bodies different types of skin, different types of hair, but we're just as strong and empowered. Um, so I happen to take my girls, and I think you could do the same thing with boys, just giving them the opportunity to see all different kinds of bodies in motion, doing work, doing wonderful things, um, I think is a great, a great, pretty easy thing to do. That is, that's a, that's an excellent tip because I'm sure people everywhere have some kind of something along those lines that they can, can take their kids to, to see fairly inexpensive. I know for us, we're over at the, at the tennis association a lot of the time. And, and I agree with you that when you go, you see, you know, these strong women and men doing you know, playing this sport and they are not the, usually the ones that, like you said, are featured in these different things. So that is a really great tip. Yeah. And I, I don't know that I would had thought about it before, but we, we all have different bodies and, um, they all excel or don't excel at different things. Um, so just showing them that, um, I think can really broaden, minds and help with body image hopefully overall awesome all right so this is this was i had a a little experience with this question myself but this came from someone on our team at produce for kids but i can i can certainly relate so i am really excited to hear what you have to say about this question um so how should parents prepare for doctor's visits where you feel like white weight might be discussed um, I know that you and I had talked a little bit, I think you even, um, and we'll link up to it, wrote for us about the BMI, um, and talking to your kids when they receive the BMI rating or results. Um, so anything we should talk to our kids about beforehand when you're, you're off to a doctor's visit that you feel like weight might be discussed? Well, I guess first it's important to say, I think it's really healthy and appropriate that physicians and primary care providers are talking about weight and activity more because I I do think that's an important piece of overall health. However, I hear what you're saying that for, for kids and adults alike, sometimes that can be work worse than getting a shot, you know, and having those conversations about weight um, in terms of dread and ugh, pain. Um, so I guess what what I might recommend is just talking about it beforehand, trying to be prepared. Um, you know, or you've got your doctor's appointment coming up. 
it's important that they check out all different areas of your functioning, your mental health and your height and your lungs and your heart. And one of those areas is weight. And we're probably going to talk about that. Um, and so just having some preparation. Um, I do think, you know, it's, it's important to let kids know that hopefully the doctor's office is a safe place to talk about things that are difficult. Um, but also not feeling shamed if the number on the scale isn't what a chart says it should be. Um, so I think sometimes just doing that ahead of time conversation can alleviate some of the pressure. I think if you've had a difficult time in the past with the physician or um, primary care provider, it can, you could even call ahead and say, gosh, my, my daughter or my son is worried about this conversation, um, worried about what the scale might say or worried about what you might say. How can I prepare them? How can we work together to make this a good experience? Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And in fact, I think the provider would be thrilled to work collaboratively with a parent um, to make it a good experience. Of course, that's what, what they all want. Um, so those might be two ideas, talking about it ahead of time and then if need be, collaborating with the provider. I like that. And I think that it's it's probably important regardless if, you know, as your your kids grow to talk before the visit about what they can expect you know, even if it's just on the, the drive there, just to remind them, you know, because I know as they get older, they uh, doctors have to look at different areas. And, and so it's yeah. probably always good to have those conversations on your way to the doctor and remind them, you know, that they will be talk they will be looking at their weight and their height and, and checking all of that out. Um, and I think that also calling ahead to if if you are having that com, you know ongoing conversation at home and you're seeing it maybe just letting them know whether it be weight or anything else you know calling ahead and saying listen this has been a touchy subject we're coming in it, you know I just wanted to call ahead and kind of give you the background on it before we're there because um, I know in in the in the moment it, it can be a little stressful and and you know, hurtful, like you said, um, for kids of any age, really. But I know I, I relate closely with the the late elementary and now into middle school years where, where I am with my older daughter. Yeah, and I really do think if you reach out to the provider's office and ask for tips or strategies or how can we make this better, they'll be so excited um, to work with you. Um, again, like you said, whether it's about the weight issue or the vision test or the immunizations or whatever, you know, they want it to be a good experience and they're really invested in having the kiddos feel like it's a safe place and they're a safe person to talk to. Um, and I don't think you, you would be being a, a nag or annoying to make that phone call. Right. Well, awesome. Good tips there. So I think we covered off on on this topic, but I'll, I'll bring it up one more time because it is such a hot topic, probably more for the tweens and teens like, like you and I are, are working through that, that stage right now. So is there anything else that you recommend? I, I love the idea of, um, 
what was it? Uh, digital citizenship. I'm actually going to bring that up with my daughter's school because I think that um, I talk about personal brand. I come from, you know, that background. So my daughter gets a little annoyed with me where she's like, oh, but I'm not a brand, you know? And I, and so she's like, you're not Mark. I'm not marketing myself, you know? So I'm like, oh, I got to come up with a different, a different title for this. Cause she's, she's, you know, not liking that. I constantly remind her, of, you know, what you're putting out there, who's looking at these things. Um, you know, what we did in our house, um, for, uh, you know, Instagram, when she started down that road, of course, she has a private account. Um, you know, she's into theater. She has friends from all over. It's, it's a way that they keep in touch. And so mm-hmm. I said, all right, let's start with Instagram and let me be involved. Like, let's do it together. You can have it, but I'm going to be a part of it. Not so much like, you know, stalking you or cause that's her word, but more along the lines of, oh. Let's see what you're going to post. Let's think about what caption you're going to write. Let's think about who's looking at this, you know, and also who is asking to follow you. And that was another big thing. If she was going to have the have Instagram that there would be if she got a follow request, we would look at it and say, how do you know this person? Like, how does this make sense that you're interacting with, you know, whoever it might be? And I would like she would think about it and she would have to say, well, this is so-and-so I know them from here, you know, and then we would decide together. And I, and I even know now it's been some time. She still does it. She still shows me who is requesting to follow her and she'll be like, you know, decline. (laughs) Like, I don't know who that is. So I love to see the, see that that process, even though it took some time and I know as busy parents, it's like so overwhelming. Um, but for me, that's what worked was starting with one, uh, you know, starting with one platform and really taking the time to go through it and, and work on it together where she wanted to have it. But those were my rules, um, you know, for her having that. So that's really what worked for me. But do you have any, you know, other tips for parents when it comes to social media and what kids are seeing specifically on social media? I can tell you, you know, there's angles you know you probably know about this where you're you're posing a certain way or you have a look that all these celebrities are taking pictures of themselves and I've noticed some of those popping up in some of my daughters you know her stance and different photos so how can we really help the kids feel good we can't hide from this so how do we work with it I guess instead of against it well you know I looks different for every family what what specifically works and what doesn't work I guess my overarching tip would be to just be involved some way um we're gonna screw up and we're gonna have to rethink and we're gonna have to backtrack and whatever but if I think if we as parents are just involved and putting in the time to try to understand what they're looking at and why and talking to them about it, talking about our own experiences with social media. Um, I think that's the best thing. We're not going to, we're not going to hit perfection. Um, there's no parenting perfection. Um, but I think if we're just involved and engaged as much as we can be, um, I, I think that's the sweet spot. Um, Yes, and and really, 
and we talked before would- before recording today, which is hilarious, that maybe we should have my daughter, your daughter, someone, <laughs> one of the youngsters come on and we could record with them and they could tell us all about social media. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, it's kind of a funny thing and we all know they're more expert at dealing with the technology than we are, but there's embedded in that there's something really powerful. If we ask our seventh graders or fifth graders or even kindergartners, like teach me about this. Tell me what you're doing. There's all so much power in that, in the parent-child relationship versus it always being, I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you how it is. Um, let, let them be the teacher. Let them be the guide. Of course, you're always still in charge. But I think that, especially as our kids grow, um, letting that information um, go back and forth both ways um, I think is super powerful and that that can be a good piece of just being present, just being involved, being engaged with our kids. Um, I just think that's the best thing that we can do. I agree. So I work with a local hospital here in Orlando every summer. Well, now we've kind of ex- expanded it to several times year round, which is awesome. But um, so we there's a camp for families who've had a child diagnosed with a a chronic condition. So we spend a certain, you know, six, six weeks over the summer exercising. It's every Saturday, discuss nutrition and more. And so a lot of these children are, are, have been, you know, diagnosed with obesity as, as their condition. Um, and so they're on a path, but, um, I feel like the body image and acceptance is important for these kids too. Do you have any advice on how, they can accept their body while undergoing health changes? Oh, if, if I had a great answer to that, I would be able to change the world, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's super, super challenging. Um, and I guess the main thing that comes to mind is really being mindful of the words we're using and the tone that we have. Um, in talking about exercise and food and nutrition, um, we do those things to care for our body and to make our bodies strong and to help our bodies do what we want them to do. So maybe that's playing soccer or maybe that's being able to, um, I don't know, keep up with our friends or learn how to ride a bike or just be more comfortable as we're painting or whatever it is. Um, I think taking that kind of functional um, approach and using more functional language, separating the separating that from like saying, oh, we're going to eat healthy so we can fit into a certain pair of pants or look a certain way. Um, most of us know that's not so great, but sometimes our words are slow in making that adaptation. Um, so just like I said, being really careful with the words we use and um, when we're talking about food and nutrition and, and activity, um, making sure that it's all for a functional reason and not for like an aesthetic reason. Um, 
And I think it's also important to be, to take time. This might sound really kind of cheesy, but take time to be appreciative for the bodies we have, no matter what their ability or disability or condition or whatever, um, recognizing what they do for us and, you know, having some sort of gratitude or at least recognition of that, um, is important too, because they, they are doing great things for us. They're letting us live and, um, be in the world. Um, so that might be, I don't know. No, that, Some people more no. <laughs> that but, um, that, that makes, be- that makes yeah. a lot of sense. And we really try, you know, at the, in the camp to, to follow along with that. And, and I do with my kids and, you know, I really, I tell them all the time, you know, and it's hard, but it's healthy is not associated with thin, or like you said, fitting into a certain pair of pants and healthy and, and being, you know, eating nutritious things is totally different from being thin. Like what's our, our goal is to be healthy and everybody has a different body type. And if you're healthy, then that, that's what really matters. You know, you could be stick thin and not be healthy, um, not be eating the right thing, not be putting the right things into your body. And so I think that just kind of removing that correlation with the two and, and also with these kids, I think it's important for us to celebrate, you know, small, small wins and, and maybe not like base everything on, okay, get on the scale this week. All right, where are we at? You know, obviously it's a goal for a lot of these kids health wise that they do need to lose the weight. Um, and so other things besides weighing in, you know, not folk putting full focus on that, that weigh in aspect of it all, um, I think is really important, important as well. Yeah. I mean, I think this year you're hitting an area where we as mental health and, um, physical health practitioners, we have some work to do in, in, in understanding how to blend these two things in, in a healthy way. Um, but the, you know, body size, body image, nutrition, overall health, fitness. Um, we, we're not great at it yet. And I think we're still, that's why I'm, I feel like I'm fumbling for words because it's a work in progress. How do we marry these two things? Um, I'm not sure we've figured out a great strategy yet. Um, so, you know, work in progress. Well, and, and I can tell you with these kids, one of the first things we ask every week is how do you feel as compared to, you know, so I think that they, especially making these big changes, see how they feel. And that's like something, you know, that's like, wow, I'm not so tired or I'm, you know, these ways that they feel are so different that I feel like that's a, that's a really good gauge with them and has resonated with that group. Oh, interesting. Just how, how, how it feels to live in your body. Yeah. How do you feel? And, you know, making these different changes in their diets, you know, like not eating the chips every day, they're totally feeling a different way, feeling healthy. You know, I think I, I typically, I have a, I know when I veer off, I should say, (laughs) when I veer off track, um, I recognize, you know, my body is like, 
sluggish and all these things. And then when I get back on track, I say, okay, you know, that was fun quote, you know, to, to kind of indulge and, and have these things that I don't normally have, but at the same time, recognizing how I feel when I am on the right path or, you know, my path, I should say, and knowing how I feel then it's like, okay, this is why I do what I do. That's great. That's a great example. Yeah. Well, I am so glad that we got to talk to you today. I know we have a blog post that you wrote for Produce for Kids that we'll be linking up to um, and a couple other good reference links for anybody who is interested in learning more about body image and kids. And we'll link up to some of Dr. Stephanie's other um, podcast episodes and blog posts as well and her awesome website but do you have social media or anything else that you'd like to share where people can kind of seek you out um the main way that i communicate is via twitter um so that is at dr steph s-t-e-p-h smith okay wonderful and then your website as well and like i said we'll link up to that um well, well, great. I'm so glad to talk to you today on this topic, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. If you're listening, um, please always feel free to reach out to us if you have a topic you'd like for us to touch on with Dr. Stephanie, and we can definitely get it, get it on the calendar. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. We have two other great Healthy Family Project episodes from Dr. Stephanie including episode three, where we talk about managing screen time, which I know is definitely a hot topic with families today, and then episode eight for managing back-to-school anxiety for both kids and adults, because you know it's not just the kids that worry about getting back to school. Um, We also have regular content from Dr. Stephanie on produceforkids.com, and coming soon, a blog post that includes tips on staying on track with those New Year's resolutions Uh, tis the season for for some of us to be falling off the wagon so she's going to let us know how we can stay on track so definitely go to the blog and take a look at that that'll be coming soon and then I did mention BMI in this episode so that's body mass index so if you'd like to learn more about BMI um, some of the kids, this is, um, they test their body mass index in schools and it kind of pops up as you get into elementary school and something that I was, was kind of in the dark on and Dr. Stephanie was able to shed some light. So really how to talk to your kids about BMI. Um, you can go to the show notes. We're actually going to link up to that blog post there, but you can also go to produceforkids.com and it, it'll be in the mix with all of Dr. Stephanie's blog post. And then just a reminder, talking about New Year's resolutions, if you're looking to stay on track with healthy recipes, we do have more than 400 registered dietitian approved recipes available for free at produceforkids.com. And those are breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner. And I promise, um, you know, they're family tested. A lot of those we eat at our at our own homes here at Produce for Kids. So um, kid tested, family approved, go and, and check those out and let us know what you think. And of course you can find Produce for Kids on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. And we'd love to hear from you. And if you wanna chat with me direct, or I should say tweet with me direct, you can find me on Twitter. It's Amanda M. Kiefer.
Be sure to subscribe. Talk soon.